There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, Mm. pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. Hi, everybody. Today's show is brought to you by Casper.com. Receive $50 towards any mattress purchase at www.caspertrial.com forward slash Las Culturistas. And by WarbyParker.com. Get a free five-day home try-on at www.warbyparkertrial.com forward slash Las Culturistas. Five pairs, five days, 100% free. Las Culturistas is brought to you by the Forever Dog Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more original comedy podcasts at Forever dogpodcast.com My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire My grandma told your grandma I'm gonna set your flag on fire You're talking about hey now Hey now I go, I go one day Giacomo Fino Anani Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. Hey, Bowen, you know what I think would be fun? What? Parasailing. You know what else I think would be fun? Um, what? Um, another episode of Las Culturistas. Come on, I'm down for parasailing and another episode, honey. We can't afford parasailing, but you know what we can afford to do is another episode Absolutely. of Las Culturistas. Absolutely. I'm really guys. excited about this This is a day. Bit, This is a great day. This is a great episode. Um, God, this guest, what a fucking iconic. Icon. I don't think I saw. You know what? She laughs in her chair, She's but laughing. there was not more, a more iconic image than her floating on that fucking pretzel. Absolutely, and you knew it. 
And you knew it. And you, you knew it. You knew it. She's, we're <laughs> she we're silent. We're muzzling her now, but she's going to speak to this later. You guys, she's um the writer, creator, executive producer, star of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Golden Globe Award winning. TCA Award winning. And you know what? I way, think right? the TCA is is a gag. I love the TCA because, we and we'll get TCA into it, here. but listen, come on. Come on, give it up. It's Rachel, Rachel Bloom. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Rachel, do you, you fucking knew what you were doing with that pretzel. Um, Yeah, and you know who else did is uh, Mark Webb, who directed it. He was like, that pretzel mm-hmm. yeah. is going to be iconic. And then, yes. but then we, um, all right. Here so, we go. Give so, it up. So, she, well, she guys, just wolfed right, down some toast. Yeah, right before <laughs> I started this, you have to know, it's been a long day. Yeah. And I got stuck on the R train Ugh. and I got here and demanded food from Ronnie. But in such a great way. Ronnie's our new tech. Everyone, little taps Hi, for Ronnie. taps for Ronnie. And he looks amazing in, in what I believe to be a chambray. And Ronnie is paying tribute to the, the new divas. She, he, Ronnie was playing some Carly Rae Jepsen, Charlie XCX, Grimes, uh, Kalani Ronnie did you is, do that on purpose it. was your playlist on purpose because you knew there were some gays coming in here no it was just this week you know this what week, you have right. great taste is Ronnie. Grimes a diva no I mean <sighs> you know we can't even refer to Carly Rae Jepsen as, as a, a diva, diva. Well, you, I, I'll, I'll quote Gloria Estefan here, uh-huh. here she said this at the 1997 Divas, Divas Live. Live she goes you know I don't belong up here if anything I'm a divet <laughs> They're the divets. The divets. But Rachel just yeah. ate. Would you? Would you just scarf down like some toast? I just toast and almond butter. Love it. How did mm-hmm. it taste? How, how was it? It was good, but now my stomach is like it actually has things to process, so the gases are coming up. Ooh. Yeah, and which is fine. Relatable. Relatable. The iconic gases, <laughs> which ties back into the food that she wrote into our hearts on. Yeah, the pretzel. Oh, so so Mark <laughs> Webb, who directed that, was like, we need to make the pretzel look amazing, and that whole thing cost like a ton of money. Um, and then when they tested the pilot, like the dials went slightly down <gasps> during the West Covina number, which like broke Mark's heart because I think, look, when you test a show, it's random people coming in yeah. who don't know what they're yeah. about to watch. So when they were like, oh, fuck, this is a musical. <laughs> I'm from I Anaheim. I hate that shit. Come on. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it is. Get in, get on board. Also, I I thought potentially it went down because people didn't like the image of a pretzel. Mm. See, that's the, like I th- I thought that could have been it, or was it that you stepped out of the car and then the dial went down? Uh, just the whole the just second the I music- started singing, oh, <laughs> the musical oh, number. It. Well, the thing is, those people I I'm willing to say those people don't matter. Yeah. Well, but then on the flip side, like once they were used to the music, they were like, oh, "All right, this is a musical." Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was apparently like this like big. I wasn't allowed to be at the testing because they didn't want actors there. But right, there was this, right. apparently this like big biker dude. Who they were like going around asking like what they liked about the show. This is when we were still with Showtime, mm-hmm. and the biker dude was like, "She's on a journey." <laughs> <laughs> he gets it. He gets it. Yeah, Joseph Campbell. He mentioned Dor- Joseph Campbell. I rewatched the pilot recently. It is so incredible. Um, it's it's great. Wait, and I fucking love the show. And I want to say this season finale is I think come on, not even being hyperbolic. I think it's my favorite season finale. Of anything. Wow! Thank you. I mean, just it was you. great because it really it it got it did what a season finale should do, which is like it tied up enough, and then it gave you so much more to look forward to because now you know we're getting the new iteration of Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Yes. Oh my God, you guys, <sighs> you guys get it so hard. Stop. Oh please. My co-creator Aline Brosh McKenna, who's brilliant, wrote the Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. Oh come on, um, we've praised it on this show uh, yeah. many times. Quoted about a fourth of the movie. She's on the she's a, she's amazing, and I have to say, 
being a boss now, mm-hmm. being a boss makes you feel for Miranda Priestly. The one line of like <laughs> yeah. details of your incompetence uh, do, do not, not interest, interest me. me. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I really on. feel that, and I've told her that, and she's like, "Oh yeah, like you sympathize <laughs> with Miranda when you're a boss." And those yeah. are all things that I could picture. Aline is uh, so. Some of the things Miranda says are like things Aline Alinisms. Alinisms. I wa- I was walking through work today, and then like, and uh, we're doing this like spring campaign that has florals, and just what popped into my head was. Uh, floors for spring groundbreaking. Alina has a pillow in her office that says that. Oh Someone got her a pillow on Etsy. By all means, move at a glacial pace. You, you know, know how it thrills, thrills me. <laughs> There's so much. Also, I, I must meet her one day because I have to ask her like if the that's all was Because ri- we were talking about yeah. Meryl and we were talking about how any actress looks at that script and they see that's all and they deliver it like that's all. Mm-hmm. But Meryl Streep fucking takes that and, and goes... That's all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I yeah. wonder if that was Aline's intention when she wrote that for it to be this small dismissal or if that was and, and how she felt when when Meryl interpreted it that yeah. way. If I had to guess, I would guess that is her intention because Aline likes writing for like people being natural and mm-hmm. small and especially the way that Miranda is, she's so quietly dismissive. She yeah. never right. really she never explodes. Uh, she said that, I mean, she has the best things to say about Meryl Streep. Um, oh and was basically Meryl Streep is a brilliant improviser, too. Uh-huh. And Oof. the last line of go was a, a direction in the script. Because sometimes Aline's style of writing is she'll put stage directions that like seem like they should be lines or whatever just mm-hmm. to give intention. And so Meryl actually just went, go! Oh. Yeah. And they were like, oh, that's great. Come on. Yeah, leave it. Leave it. Wait, I want to talk about the finale. Um, yeah. yeah. And that, so the finale, Aline wrote the finale and directed the finale. Uh-huh. She directed it too? Uh-huh. Wait, was that her first episode that she directed? No, she directed the last season finale too, oh, season great, one. great, great, Yes. She's course. brilliant. She's, She's brilliant. And there's just so much there. And also, like I said, so much to look forward to. The last images of it are just great. Like, Okay. Yeah. And I and like I remember pouring over like all these, like just like the AV clubs, the vultures, like there were those recaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the AV club pointed out, I don't know if this is intentional or yeah. not, but that last shot of just the four women, was that evocative of the craft okay no? it wasn't okay. It, the weird thing is it, it it wasn't and a lot of people asked but it no it it and i haven't seen the craft in years i mean i think what it was is evocative of things about women uh-huh. scorned getting revenge yes, which the craft right. obviously like masters sure, sure. but it wasn't a specific take on the craft but what a fun alignment anyway yeah i mean yeah but it's like it it, it just it turns that whole premise on its like on its head but still like yeah it makes it work crazy ex-girlfriend but now she's like gonna destroy josh because it meant something in the first season it uh-huh. meant something in the second season and now it'll mean something new in the third season Ooh, can you reveal this and if you can't no worries yeah. is robert a thing in season three or no um okay oh my god don't 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 say it don't say it uh, okay oh my i'm god. not i won't yeah, I won't reveal anything. But I just, I love it anyway. Just that whole, yeah. God, okay, that whole fucking thing in, in the finale was brilliant, I thought. Yeah. I don't know, I loved it. Yeah, we always knew from the beginning that she'd had some sort of affair with a professor. Mm-hmm. Um, from pretty early on, because we were like, this is not the first time she's gotten too mm-hmm. into something. There's no way that she just lived in a vacuum and never fell in love again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we've been waiting to do, we were actually going to... Oh, I can say this. Yeah, because it's not happening anymore. I just realized this. We were going to open season two uh-huh. um, with Rebecca in bed 
like cuddling someone saying I love you uh-huh. and her turning over and it would <gasps> be Robert and there would be a Chiron that say would say like six years earlier. Ooh. Um, so it will be planted in the beginning to then come full yes, circle. But the then end. what happened was it just um there was so much else we had to do yeah. with the season. Yeah. Robert wasn't pertinent until the end of the season but because because that. she wasn't being stalkery to jo- like we were gonna maybe let it trickle out throughout the season and mm-hmm. kind of have it be a slow burn, mm-hmm. Breaking Bad, um, yeah, like you know where you see the, Bad, the teddy, bear teddy bear thing, yeah. But it it um we just had so much else to do, especially getting totally. Greg out the door, like yeah, putting Robert flashbacks would have been like wait huh yeah, yeah like yeah. there it was just too much. I also love the misdirect of Greg leaving and the shit so the shit show song and then coming back at the end and they yeah. get that amazing fucking tap number. Oh my yeah. god. Which oh my god. you know who fucking blows me away is Vincent Rodriguez. Like he mm. he I didn't know he was such a dancer. He's prim- and then I watched the yeah. second season and I'm like not only just that tap number but also that that number where you uh visualize the ballet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking amazing. Oh. Vinny was working as like a musical theater dance guy. Wow. Like that's what he was uh-huh. earning his, and it's it's funny because he seems like, at least to me when he's acting like, oh, you are a serious actor, but no, he was like in the on the tour of White Christmas. He was, he's basically oh, cool. worked as a dance guy and then became the dance captain. He was the dance captain of Hunchback of Notre Dame in, mm-hmm. in La Jolla. Like he, oh wow. primarily a dance, yeah, he's a, Dancer, He's a dance dancer. captain. Dance okay. okay, you got your dancers, and then you got your dance captains. All right, there we go. He is a dance. He is a captain of dance. A and captain he's, of dance. It's so <laughs> funny because he's not really like. Well, there are elements of him that overlap with his character, but he based the character kind of on friends he grew up with in uh, Northern California. Oh, fun, fun, fun. That's so great. I love that. So wait, hold on. I have a question about the show because I was thinking about this. So you have writers on your show, mm-hmm. and then. When the music comes in. Mm. Now, is that, does the writer of the episode have a hand in writing the lyrics or do you kind of like write the lyrics with Aline and Jack? The songs are pretty separate. Basically, all yeah. the songs are written by either me, Jack Dolgen, or Adam Schlesinger, mm-hmm. who also okay. co-produces the songs mm-hmm. with this guy, Stephen Gold. Generally, what happens is the songs come from, like, Adam and I were just talking about this today. Mm. The songs will, nine times out of ten, come from me. Like, I'll kind of, spearhead the general direction of the songs mm-hmm. but the the actual like writing of the songs it varies song to song right cool. right right and cool. and there have been songs that only Adam wrote there have been songs that only Jack wrote there have been songs that mostly like I mostly only wrote mm-hmm. although Adam ends up always getting credited because I write so much musical theater stuff and Adam is just so good I like at the genre the genre thing. Sorry, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I was thinking about this because the first number is so like a musical theater. Yeah. Was there ever, did you always want to go really into like specific genre just to vary it up? Or was there ever a version of the show that was like, this is like a music, this, this lives in the world of musical theater? What do you mean? Like, for example, like every song would kind of be like that. Like it was essentially like a Broadway musical on screen mm-hmm. in that kind of grand style. Or mm-hmm. did you know we also want to do like a kind of like, uh, R&B song or like or sort of like this is going to be a rap number or like a very poppy like teen oh, pop number it was always going to be different genres because okay, of yeah. my, because it was Aline discovered me through my music videos mm-hmm. which are all half different of which genres. are pop exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was always going to be pop and and yeah I mean the pilot is I mean the West Covina came before Sexy Getting Ready song but originally there was going to be there was going to be another song Called something like "I'm batshit crazy for your love," uh-huh. which, 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 
We replace with sexy getting ready. Lost, lost track. I get it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. My fa- I, I sing all the time Dream Ghost. Dream I listen Ghost. to Dream Ghost all the time. Oh my God. And As Michael like a, Hyatt, who sings that song, is it just her voice is unbelievable. She's amazing. Yeah. And uh, also just Amber Riley and Ricky Lake being on it is <laughs> Hey. They were like, on. we want to come on the show, and we were like, Great. We you're have ghosts. a part. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> uh Math of Love Triangles is I think all-time fave i'm really really proud of that one yeah yeah oh my god anyway um rachel we're we're gonna ask you what we ask all of our guests great what is the culture that shaped you what is the culture that made you say culture is for me yeah i want to step into a cultural direction um i mean i'm just such a musical theater kid so musical theater culture i mean i met my best friend when we were both in um community theater production of crazy for you and he was (gasps) holding court um, dissecting rent this 15 year old kid he's gay yeah. but, uh-huh. uh, but we dated because of course you gotta um, you gotta gotta <laughs> you do gotta. it and so I just think musical musical theater culture really shaped me in, and then and then when I got into comedy sketch comedy culture specifically like around UCB mm-hmm. the kind of collaborative the collaborative theatrical nature right. of, of comedy theaters those two things lovely um, crazy for you is interesting because then you came full circle with that moment with that with a concert and he uh, was there now. he was there mm-hmm. wait I so that was my I think that's a, I think it's a great I think that's one of my favorite shows and for a really? jukebox musical I think it's like pretty pretty solid oh yeah I think it's great how was the concert what, what did you sing like what were your well like, I was I it wasn't look it's so they said it was a staged reading we did the Broadway show you just did the whole yeah. show oh, oh I we, watched we, on YouTube I saw that you guys doing the numbers no no we did we literally the uh, Laura Fucking Osnes. Laura and um Oh my god. Oh my god. Laura, I'm so first tired. name basis Laura No, Osnes. yeah, Laura Osnes. <laughs> yeah. And um uh Tony Yazbek uh uh-huh. had the week before along with the the dancers to learn it and then a lot of us a lot of us other principals came in the next week, but which gave everyone two weeks at most to learn an entire show. Oh my god. Yeah. An entire wow. show. I thought I'm, it was built as a wild. concert. It's not. It was the show. Oh my show. god. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing. Just with like concerty costumes. Let's got let it. everyone know it was the show. Thank it you. Was that the, they did. It was the Broadway show. They full out. It's amazing. Um, and then my number, I sang the song Naughty Baby, mm. which was so fun. I mean, I had just come off of having very bad vertigo. <laughs> oh no. I was sick and then my like inner ear nerves got swollen. <gasps> and so I was on like vertigo medicine which is good because my number was me dancing on a table being lifted in the air by a bunch of men. By yeah. a bunch of men. Mm. At Bryn Mawr, I was top of my class. All the boys were under me. Dirty lyric. Very dirty. dirty. lyric. I don't know the show. I wish I did. It's, yeah. I mean, I have many questions <laughs> based on, about, I had many questions about my character. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I had a lot of questions. <laughs> Uh, that's your one number in the show, right? It is. Yeah. It is. Um, Naughty baby. Naughty baby. Yeah, I love that. A there, one. there were because it's you know it's written in this kind of old school style. There, yeah. there, literally the motive of my character was telling Tony Asbeck's character like we're engaged and we're going to get married, and he's like, <laughs> no, we're not. I've never met you. <laughs> and so the justification that I came up with was that they like kept hooking up, and he kept like. Uh, fucking her but uh-huh. then being like no but this isn't a thing and she's like but you're fucking me and and that <laughs> one time she had a pregnancy scare uh, but it's but it wasn't yes, backstory. it was wrong uh-huh. and then but like that that's and <laughs> I think wrong. I told Tony that one point I was like so I think what happens is they hook up and and she's like well we're getting married now <laughs> and he's like no we're not but it, but but he kept fucking her because wow. that's what people do yep yeah. that is actually very those, real. Men. those and, men and I and I 
I came up with the idea that Bobby Child is not very good in the sack, that he was very, very vanilla, and that uh, Mm. uh, Jerry O'Connell player, the guy who I end up with, Uh is like a fucking beast. Love it. So so it was a happy ending. Really happy ending. Lovely. Really good for everyone. He just fucking... He just fucking gives it to her. <laughs> he, he just lays Naughty that Naughty baby pipe. gets it in the end. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, So you studied musical theater at college and yes. also simultaneously were Hammercats NYU yeah. director. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, did you ever feel... Because I also have... We're, we're in a musical sketch group, Pop Roulette, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and we kind of fuse the two as well, like sketch comedy and musical theater or whatever. Yep, yep, but yep. we have some friends who were also in Cap 21 and like didn't discover comedy till later, almost because they felt like they couldn't mm-hmm. because the musical theater world is so different. Oh, yeah. Did you feel ever like, like, how am I going to like, like you obviously had two strong interests. Like, did you ever feel like that was very hard to yeah. like get satisfied in what you were doing? Absolutely, all the time. I mean, I felt that, um, and I, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't feel like I fit in in the musical theater program. Right. I resented the fact that like a lot of musical theater is like not amazing and mm-hmm. that a lot of it's dated. Mm-hmm. And then, but simultaneously, although I loved Hammercats, I felt like there was a lack of emotion yeah. that was missing. 100%. And I felt like, I felt like when I first got into comedy, and this is all testament to, also a testament to the people who were the directors at the time, I felt like in order to go into comedy, I suddenly had to like become a dude. Uh, yeah. oh, I had to be like, suck my dick, you know? Yeah. And, um, that's so yeah. Cool. That's that's fair. And and it's funny. I was just at NYU talking about this today, so it's fresh in my head. But I mm. don't know if you knew this. Uh, I'll try to be vague. But um, mm-hmm. so I when I was young, uh, I was I was going to be director of Hammercats my sophomore year. I do. I know this. got involved in a love triangle mm-hmm. with um a couple of the older guys, some yeah. of whom were alumni. Not my current husband, who is an alumni, but he's a different alumni. That's <laughs> Hi, right. Dan, we love you. Hi, I love you so much. <laughs> We never met Dan, but I love you too. You've never I met think my you're husband. Great. No, and I would love to. I think he's You've very funny. You've met my funny. husband, right? I've, yeah, I've met Dan, and he and he we, started Dangerbox too. He started Dangerbox, yeah. and we give social media love every now and then to each other. It's I'm I'm he's, la- I'm laying my hands on your man. He's I'm the sorry. He's, he's the, the best. best. He's he's the best. he's the best. So anyway, I got involved in a love triangle. I was 19 years old. Ugh. I lost my virginity to one of these guys, mm. and then like his other friends started hitting on me. And again, I was 19, and I basically it was a whole kerfuffle where like. They were all in like a comedy group together, and Ugh. basically, uh, I got removed as director and head writer of Hammercats. That is, which is insane, which is, bullshit. which is a little thing called sexual harassment. Yeah, yep. uh, and then I was so then I was named like assistant director the next year by the people who replaced me. I was replaced with two men, uh, and then I became like director senior year because like one of the guys quit because he wasn't happy. It was a whole oh thing, but oh yeah, that was a it was um. I, here's the thing, I, uh, I, I should have, I should have quit. I should have. You okay. know what? And I didn't because being on the sketch group was my identity in school and I loved comedy so much, but I didn't have to be on the sketch group to do comedy. But I don't necessarily regret it because we created our own sketch groups. Yes. Uh, every, we created our a new sketch comedy show every month. Right. And it trained me and like when I, and it trained me to write a lot and it's how I got good at writing. But yeah. like, man, but God. the lack of self-respect 
I had for myself in college yeah. makes me want to puke. You know, it's so interesting because you look back and you're like, man, what a warp situation. I went into my audition for Hammercats. I didn't do my hair and I made sure I wore a, a shirt with Heath Ledger as the Joker on it because I was like, I must be perceived as straight. They will not oh. allow me into that group Wait, if were I you on? No, you weren't on my senior year. No. You had just left. Graduated. Yeah. And, um, but oh. you were in the room for my audition. Oh, and I went right. in and I was like, and I look back at it and I was like, I can't believe that I shown in that audition because I was being the opposite of you myself. I played like very passing. aggro, like huh. dad character in those old, old auditions things, audition scenes I went to. And now it's like, I feel like what makes me special as a performer is so different than that. Mm-hmm. But I was literally like Covering. fighting for my life to get on that group because I had just oh. come out of the closet and I was like, I must do comedy. It's what I must do. I had just been cut in the first round of Danger Box auditions oh, the other day prior. Danger Box um, is the improv group. In and it, yeah, the, the Las Culturistas listeners have heard us talk about these groups before, but <laughs> this is, this is, we have Hammercats but this is family deep- in the in the room, Thank so we you. must talk about it. But this is a deeper layer. We haven't talked about this before. Yeah, this was really hard because I was like, and it's I still, when I got on the group, I was like, okay, at what point do I really start being myself. Mm. Wow. And it was really tough. And then we continued to be objectified. Oh, yeah. Um, do you remember when they threw us a wedding? And okay, I I do. <laughs> and we messaged you. Well, you sent us a message well, to me. Like, you were like, what top. the fuck's with this wedding? <laughs> well, and I we were like, well, here's oh, what happened. Oh, well, okay, how much do we want to... We can, t- I mean... Well, we're not going to name re- names, but... Okay, but so here's here what, you know, I mean, what happened was you were the... I mean, basically the only two gay guys on the two main sketch groups. And everyone was like, you guys should get married Mm -hmm. because you're gay. Yeah. There is this person who (laughs) was involved in the comedy groups who has quite a lot of money, who is eccentric. Yeah. Yeah. And this person literally was like, we should throw them a wedding. And you guys were like, ha ha. Right. And then she... He, she, she, them, they (laughs) threw you a wedding, like spent money. Wasn't it a Jurassic Park themed wedding? It was a Jurassic Jurassic Park Park themed wedding. And you know what? Looking back on it, and and then we were, of course, we wrote our own vows. So Bowen. What was your, how did you, when did you, did you know this was going to happen? I had, uh, we knew that there was going to be an event. I just, I didn't know how much was going to go into it. And what you have to understand is how humiliating that is, despite the fact that you're trying to have fun with it. Exactly. Like, I said to Bowen, I'm like, you know what? Like, we have a sense of humor about this, like, and I think that's good. Right. But at the same time, like, we both know this is fucked up, right? We're, and we were like, yeah. But we're no being one, I think everyone else thought it was, oh, you know what? I remember this. My friend was there, Danny was there, mm-hmm. and yeah. he was mm-hmm. texting me updates, and I was like, wait a second. What? Yeah. Right, I remember being horrified. So, and the, so the full like, chronology of this is yeah. one of our friends like probably got stoned one night and made a fake wedding website through like the not like a wedding, or a full wedding registry for us. Like honestly, it was funny. Like in in the way that like haha gay is funny when you're admittedly 19, 20, 21 and sure. not the best version of yourself. And not like, the best no ver- shade it's fine. to anyone at the time. Like seriously, we're fine. Did it was there like a tenth of me that was like, oh fuck, still dealing with this. Like still this is like how you guys see me. Sure. A little bit. Yeah. But like I'm not humorless. I got that it was funny. The event, the like literal thousands of dollars that were being thrown guys, into this event. Thousands of dollars and at least one guy. bizarre bizarre and yeah. like honestly at that point i was like okay well we have to at least have the opportunity to respond mm-hmm. so bowen 
improvised quote unquote his vows yeah. because he was a, as an improviser you guys mm-hmm. had to do a ceremony we yeah we did a ceremony we, we walked down the aisle Bowen wore a veil it was yeah um, oh my god it's all coming back to me all these text messages are coming because yeah, I was in LA and yeah. I was like what's going on yeah oh god so then I wrote my vows and I was like you know this night is about so many things it's about love it's about friendship but mostly it's about money <laughs> and, yes and I heard I, and I thought it was so oh I know the story I, I thought I was justified and then the person got very upset and I was told by the person that made the wedding registry that I had to make it right and I'm like let me tell you didn't something. this person say you ruined the wedding <laughs> Uh, or am I making wedding. or am I making no, that up? No, I don't really know what was said. All I know is that we had to then deal with this person's emotional so tailspin. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous because like and their justification was they just wanted to do something nice. So no, Matt no, and I had this... to walk outside while they were like sitting on the stoop, basically, just like weeping despondent. And then Matt and I were just like, hey, we just want to make sure everything is okay, but also, and I will never forget this, Matt, literally, we were both, everyone involved was very hammered, and Matt just screams to the oh, person, no. we didn't ask for this! We didn't! <laughs> Which is kind of perfect. I I actually, um, does this person listen to the podcast? I have no idea. You know what? I reached out to this person recently yeah. to kind of be, uh, uh, mend fences, because mm-hmm. I... I Saw this person in a show and thought they were fabulous, and you know, I, I, I yeah, well, in, yeah. A, in a show, in really? a show, yeah, 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 yeah. in a this show. Person's and, an actor. Uh, improv yeah, show, improv um, show. it was oh, an improv yeah, show, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. I reached out and I well, thought it was, I thought acting, it was, so. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just you know, reacting, which is acting. But anyway, um, so I reached out and was like, hey, you know what? I think we've been through our ups and downs, but I just wanted to tell you like that you were great. I I just wanted to at least like reach out and put a button on that because we had a weird moment after the show and I was just like I don't really want to be thinking about this anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. like like I said I truly I fucked up so many times when I was that age oh, yeah. like I, I sent nasty maybe this is still me this apologizing is, for it this person is older than you though yes a year, a year um, but the yeah. thing is like I just, it just meant something to me to reach out and mend that bridge and I think maybe I think everyone had regrets about it did I think, this person say like oh yeah like I've thought about that and that was so weird they just kind of thanked me. It's fine. I, you know what? I don't expect that person to be the bigger person. It's okay. I think maybe they're, you know, it's just, it's just, it's all fine. It's, yeah. But looking back yeah. on it, I was like, yeah, that was a little bit of a fucked up night to begin with. No, and no, then that for was... me at the end of the night to feel like I was the one who fucked up. Right. That's gaslighting. Yeah. And it was sure. a homophobic night. It's, it's, it was a night of homophobia. It's the problem that, it's the problem that happens. You know what bothers me is like, because there are some women who really, I'm sorry, I am dealing with like my stomach processing all of the, the toast food. I just oh ate. God, yeah, no, it was, a, it's it was like pains. So anyway. We'll take a break soon. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. 
comfort, and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Hey, Las Culturistas listeners, we're here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com, then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. There's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for the birthdays of loved ones in my life. And sometimes I do get super stressed trying to find that perfect thing. Me too. But now with gift mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found a custom chalk bag for the adventurer in my life who's into rock climbing. Not me. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So... Whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner in your life or a birthday present for the pickleballer in your life, Gift Mode has you covered. I'm not the pickleballer. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get... Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night. Night aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend, Bowen Yang, to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. There are some, like I hate, I hate it when there are some girls who are like, where are my gays at? And it's like, oh, they're yeah. not your Girl, gays. Yeah, not your gays. They're, they're all individual people. And there is a tokenism with the way people, especially straight women, uh-huh. act towards gay men that I'm very cognizant of because I used to do it because I, and, and I don't know why, I naturally really get along with gay yeah, men. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but there, but like I could totally see a world, I, there's probably a world in which like in college I was like, my gays. And it's yeah. just <laughs> like, um, I'll never forget I read, Elliot Glazer wrote um, an amazing, it was like an op-ed, this was like six, seven, eight years ago about how like there was a woman who, like wrote a humorous op-ed that had been going around that was like, I need a gay best friend. Oh, yeah. 
and he responded to that and was like, we're not your accessories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not your purse. Yeah. yeah. We're people. Yeah. Right. I and even had a sense, and I don't know if you felt it this way, but like because I was on the team and was gay, I was like, well, they won't add another one. Oh. And maybe and that was unfair that of me to think. And I, I always think, you know, like RuPaul says, how much of this is the calls coming inside of the house? Hmm. Um, yeah. ca- calls coming from inside the house. Yeah. But, you know... It makes you think a little bit. Like it was, it it was much harder for women to become directors of that group. Yeah, uh, and then 100%. when I think we had, I mean, fabulous David Sidorov was amazing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he ran such an amazing group, and the group really changed. And then I was director, and then Sudi was director, Jenny Jaffe was director, yeah. and it became it felt it felt like a different atmosphere, like a much more accepting. It was not fun a great atmosphere. when I was on there. It was not great, and and I. Yeah, I have many yeah. thoughts and regrets, and it's partially what shapes my comedy now. Yeah. Is my I dated my mentors; they mm-hmm. completely turned on me, uh, and I was at, at a certain point trying to be like them. And then I was like, "Fuck these guys!" And I my comedy began to get more emotional. Mm-hmm. Feminine is the wrong word, but more specific to sure. things that affected me as a as a woman. Yeah. And it sh- and then I started to write more musical comedy. Yeah, and that's fabulous. And there wasn't this, but this kind of like masculine passing yeah. is so real. And it didn't really fully dawn on me until now that like you had to like feel like you had to grow up in order to like fit in, or that you had to like wear a specific t shirt. That's really upsetting and fucked up that you felt like you had to just because you knew the comedy community was so like kind of mm. like what you know macho is not the word. It was half that. Well, it's a boys club, and I knew that it was a boys club. But like, I had gone to UCB shows all year, all all that summer. I had taken a one hundred and one at UCB, and you know that's how I uh, know that when you walk into those classes at UCB, like you're all anxious because it's like improv, and mm-hmm. you know, am I going to be funny or whatever? But when you walk in and you're the only one, mm-hmm. no matter what that means, like mm-hmm. if it means due to your race, due to your sexual orientation, maybe you're the only woman in a class. Yeah, um, you take that class differently yeah. your experience is wildly different yeah. and so maybe it but i think a lot of it also had to do with my upbringing oh, because sure. i'm from long island and it's a very like toxic kind of masculine sure, sure. um culture there and you know they just don't even really know that it's happening they yeah. don't know that the minorities on long, on long island feel the way they do i believe that if they did know and if they knew that people grew up this way and were so hurt this way like maybe they would change and also maybe i'm giving them too much credit <laughs> um maybe. yeah i yeah i don't did know did you ever feel like that um mine is more ethnicity based i think oh really like walking into the danger box audition i'm sure i pulled out like 10 asian jokes and that is because what i was used to the modes i was used to were um uh it was it was just having to like make people feel comfortable and appease them by like playing this caricature of mm. an Asian person. Mm. So by like is and so yeah, and like yeah, and I even regret that. Like thinking back on that, that's kind of really upsetting and makes me want to puke. But like probably I don't know. It's But that's the history of that's so that's in mm. especially in America, the history of how anyone who isn't a straight white male has been mm-hmm. in in art and, and culture and media is is yeah. often playing a a straight white male gays mm. version of themselves yes or or playing a stereotype because that's only what you'd be cast as and then right. you know and then mickey rooney takes your job and then and then mickey rooney books your <laughs> i tried to watch i had actually never seen breakfast at tiffany's oh, and god gregor and i tried to watch it and we were like oh no Appalled at we were we were we could we couldn't watch it no it's awful it's, it's bad. bad yeah i mean 
Yeah. It's I, good for the fashions. But you know what? Okay, and I, I want to mention this. <laughs> I want to mention this. Are you talking this. about Mickey Rooney's adorable clothes in <laughs> his bathroom? Absolutely. Nothing Audrey Hepburn wore. That was all fucking garbage. His, like, kimono. <laughs> I want to mention this. Um, the Welcome Week show sophomore year, I, like, just laid those Asian jokes on thick. And then Andrew Farmer pulled me aside before the next show went up. And he was like, hey, this year... And hopefully for the rest of time, I don't want you to make another Asian joke on stage ever oh, again. Oh, God bless Andrew And Farmer. I was like, at first it really made me nervous. And then I was like, oh, but he's so right. And then I like, that was a moment for me. Wow. And like, I have Andrew to thank. But like, I'll still make an Asian joke. And like, I get to pull that card out whenever I want now. But like, mm-hmm. that was like him telling me to lean off the crutch. Yeah. Don't use it anymore. And then it just took me to the next you're right level. it becomes yeah. a def- it's like a it's anything and i say this as like a jewish person which growing up in la and living in new york is not really no like but i mean a, it's a thing but it's like you you begin to it's a defense mechanism mm-hmm. you you turn what you're insecure about into your sword right but then it but then that sword becomes a crutch ah. yeah oh like <laughs> and, what and, were oh the asian god. jokes you made about yourself? oh god it was, it was it was it had to do with like laundromats and like froyo places and froyo like, places oh, yeah pinkberry and like just every Froyo place is like operated by Asians. It's it's cool. I've actually never noticed <laughs> I never that. clocked that. Oh, I never okay. clocked that. You know what? See, I I've pulled that out in my stand up a couple times and it has like a fifty percent hit rate. Yeah. So maybe yeah. You know what? Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, you but know, yeah, it's, it's so f- it's so up. funny that you say that when you st- when you started to get angry, that's when you started to get musical mm. because mm. the same. Yeah. Like yeah. when I graduated, we started to do pop roulette and that's when I really started to feel like, oh wow, I'm really writing what I want to write. Yeah. Well, and then maybe there's something to that thing where they say when you can no longer speak, you sing. But it felt like <gasps> me too. It felt like it felt like I remember one of the dudes in fact who I was in the triangle with was like, "When are you going to stop the musical theater thing and just do comedy?" <sighs> and it's like oh, and so you. when I turned against these guys a little bit, I was like, "I'm going to do what I want." And I fucking love musicals and I went yeah. I took a musical theater writing class at the graduate musical theater program over the summer. Mm. And I really started to like, not because the guys had ever discouraged me from writing musical sketches even. It just like, I had discouraged myself because I wanted to fit in. I wanted to do the type of things I thought they thought were funny. Because it's a feminine slash gay impulse. And Mm. that means it can't be mainstream or it can't be cool or it can't be whatever. And it's such bullshit because who the fuck said that? I'm right. But then it came full circle. This is another full circle moment that I'm just like dragging out. Yeah. Um, w- with your Golden Globe speech, it was like, and now there is a musical, like comedy, comedy on, television. on television, on network television. And we, I don't know if you saw the Instagram, we screamed oh and cheered. Oh my God. Oh, you we have were, to show it to we me. We were so proud of you. We are so proud of oh, you. Oh, you have to show. I can't. Uh, oh, I want to see that. Honestly, I knew you were going to win. Yeah. When when oh. you got nominated, I said to everyone, I was like, she is going to win. After I was the, like, absolutely. Because Gina Rodriguez had won the year before. Right. I, I And I felt like, I was like, they're going to want it. And I knew, I knew. I was like, you're so charming. She's killing it with, with everybody that, that talks to her. I was like, let me tell you something. There is absolutely no way that anyone watches this show or even get, meets her and checks off another box. Wow. I knew. For me, it was that se- first I knew. season. For me, first season after the Dr. Phil episode where you just like, where Rebecca starts to like fully unravel, I was like, she's going to win. She's going to win some award this season. And it, and it came true. It and came many true. awards. It came true. I can't, oh, I can't wait to see that Instagram. Oh, right. we'll show yeah, you. We'll we were screaming. You. And actually, the, the Instagram was the second. We didn't like film it like the first time because we were watching with bated breath. But we filmed, we rewound it and like we watched it again. We staged it. We re-reacted. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, but um, okay, so 
We should take a quick break. We'll yeah, take a quick break. I, I have. I don't know if it's like a part <laughs> or something's happening. Whatever's in Rachel, we're gonna get out of her. I need to like bend over like a dog and just like someone needs to give me like um. We're gonna exercise colonic Rachel. for farts. And um, we're gonna be right back with Rachel Bloom. Thanks. Oh my god. Okay, bitch. Oh. All of you out there listening to Las Culturistas, Casper is officially offering right now $50 towards any mattress purchase at Casper.com. $50? This is insane. The Casper mattress is an obsessively engineered mattress, okay, at a shockingly fair price. It's got just the right sink, mm. just the right bounce. Yes. It's made up of two technologies. They really thought about this. It's latex foam and memory foam. Latex memories. Yes, they come together for a life well slept and listen it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade i would give it the academy award honey yes. the casper mattress i don't know what you're waiting for you got to just get one to receive 50 dollars towards any mattress purchase you got to go to caspertrial.com forward slash lost culturistas again write this down bitch www.caspertrial.com forward slash lost culturistas for 50 dollars Towards any mattress purchase. You will not regret it. And here's what else you won't regret. Warby Parker glasses, Iconic. Honey. Iconic. We're being sponsored by Warby Parker glasses. Warby Parker is offering Las Culturistas listeners with a free five-day home try-on to give you the opportunity to check out their glasses. Check them out. I love their frames. And here's a fun fact. They have a frame called Bowen, and you <gasps> can get it in multiple colors. Can I tell you, very frequently, someone will get a new pair of glasses, and I'll be like, those glasses are amazing, and they'll say, Warby Parker. Warby Parker. You know what? It's like you can just finish the sentence. Ugh. You say, where'd you get that? Warby Parker. You know what? I should know better than to ask. Exactly, Mama. Soon Warby Parker will monopolize the optics industry. <laughs> now, Warby Parker makes buying glasses online easy and free. Their home try-on program allows customers to order five pairs of glasses to be shipped directly to their beautiful homes. Come on. Come on where they can try them on in the comfort of their own home, honey. Users can keep their frames for five days before sending them back free of charge using prepaid returning shipping labels with no obligation to purchase. Can't believe. To get your home try on today, go to www.warbyparkertrial.com forward slash Lost Culture Say that one more time again. Write for this them. down, bitch. That's warbyparkertrial.com forward slash Lost Culture for your free five day home try on. All right, that's enough. Let's get back to the show. Come on, let's go. And we're back with Rachel Bloom. You know why we're going to jump back in? Because I'm sticky. Because <laughs> Sticky, Okay, we're gonna, we talked about this in the break. <laughs> so Rachel Bloom came into town last year to be on Late Night with Seth, My with Seth Meyers. Heard of it? Um, no. And afterwards, we were hanging out, and then Rachel was telling me about how Vinny Rodriguez was telling you all about Rice Queens. Mm-hmm. And then I informed you about the concept of, okay, so rice queens, first of all, are uh, <laughs> any gay man, regardless of ethnicity, who fetishizes Asian men is exclu almost exclusively into Asian men. So then I told is a Rachel, rice queen. is a rice yeah. queen. I told Rachel about the concept of sticky rice or being sticky, which is Asian on Asian uh, fetishism, which, and, and so Rachel, I think you were very shocked at this new well, revelation. Well, well, because the idea that, that it's a common, that there are Asian guys who don't want to date other Asian guys. So they'll be like, sorry, I'm not sticky. Right. <laughs> and we were just talking uh, during the break about how that is also casually racist. But I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like at what point is your, you know, what your dick wants or what your vagina wants? Like, is that, discerning race racism or is that just oh, what sure. your dick wants and your what your vagina wants 
But it's like... And I, as a white person, have no opinion on this. There you go. But and like, I should have no opinion. There's right. also no such thing as preferring one... I don't, I don't think so anyway, because, like, you're attracted to... Like, there's no limit on attraction. Like, it's you not admitting to yourself that you're attracted to certain people or thinking you should be attracted to someone else. Like, yeah. honestly, like, if I saw fucking Chris Evans walk in this goddamn room, I cannot promise you that I'd be attracted to him because I haven't... My body isn't in the same room as him yet. I Like... There you go. It's mm. all fake. It's mm. all fucking fake. But even then, it's like the gay men who say they're not into Asians. Like, if they saw Vinny, like, mm. would they change their mind? Like it's that kind of thing where it's yeah. Like, it's like what do you what is are you saying you're not into Asian people because that's what your idea of mm-hmm. whatever you think whatever like you think you might be into that a yeah, person of absolutely. Asian descent doesn't fit that. Yeah. Yep, that's it. That's what it is. So anyway, Wildness. stick your ace. I mean, that- people. I would say like the big the most comments we get on our show are like. <laughs> Oh God, no! No, 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 no! I was just like saying. No, I can't now even I'm just, imagine. No, now I'm just talking about attractive Asian, oh, attractive okay. Asian men. But like, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, I feel like the people. Well, no, no the per- person who's objectified most is David Hall's white Josh. But white Josh. But Vinny is is objectified quite a Honestly, bit. Honestly, hot. But <laughs> also yeah. Vinny. Hot. Yeah, Vinny. Vinny's very hot. And All then the and then the Renee. And then Renee has been. Uh, there is quite. I mean, Father Bra is a fan favorite but women are like oh my god father bra is so fucking sexy i mean because partially because he's a priest too hot show there you go father also Ron. did you know vela for years no i never what? knew her Vela's a star that is insane to me because you know how i know vela i don't know her personally but she's been facebook married to preston martin for a decade right, hilarious right. and i was like when I saw that she was on the show, I was like, oh, I wonder if Rachel's been friends with her no, for years. No, it's the weirdest thing. That's Ve- so, so Vela weird. Lavelle, who plays Heather and I, uh, she she was two years above me at the Experimental Theater Wing at NYU. We never met, never knew each other. Insane. We have all the same mutual friends. And when we cast her on the show, it was just from her audition. Ah, she's right. so good. I must have met her. And then I was like, she came to a Hammercat show, but I think just doesn't remember me, which is fine. <laughs> and I, I saw her in... In a show, the Dybbuk, and I don't remember her either. Wow. So I, it's weird. That's fully insane. I'm kind of glad because Ike was a mess in college. I'm really to, glad she's here, getting me but now. But here's the thing, Rachel, and this is a, a real thing. Here we go. Bowen and I, our first time we ever met was our friend Mung took us to a Hammercats show, mm-hmm. and we sat in silver and watched a Hammercats show, and there was like 13 people there, and you were the reason I wanted to audition for the group because you said, you you delivered a line so good, so perfectly. It was a show where um, it was speed dating, but all the dates were with voiceovers, and you played the Sex in the City voiceover, oh and you God. turned out to the audience and said, I had to wonder, are we really speed dating, or is the speed dating us? <laughs> and I was like, that is so funny hold on a second this is a group at my school like i have to be in this and it was that moment that i think i decided not only to like next year i was gonna come out next year i was gonna try to do comedy i was gonna admit to myself all my interests and it was like at that show that i was like i was gonna transfer to tish like i i I decided at that show i was like this is definitely what i have to do oh god matt i never knew that that's amazing yeah, that oh. was that, that was a hundred percent. That it. was like wow. And also the the fact that that's the first time I met you. Wow. What's and here we are <laughs> in this room. Here we are. Ten um, years later. Ten years later, Rachel, you knew us when you probably you knew me when I was still in the closet and maybe yeah. Even well, now. I remember having a really in depth. No, 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 no. <laughs> but this is when you were out because we remember we went out for dinner at USC and yeah. you were on the fence about 
you were going to be a doctor. I was going to be a doctor. Yeah. You, there was a time when he was going to move back to Denver. And I was like, whoa. Rachel took me out to dinner after the show at USC. And it was, I still remember it to this day. That was <sighs> the nicest thing. One of the nicest things anyone's ever done. I mean, oh. but we had that long conversation where, yeah, I was. You like, were like, I don't. You were like, I love comedy, but also I'm pre-med. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. And I was like. <laughs> was like, what did I say? I was like, don't help people. I, I mean, I've, I, I'm trying to remember. I think I was like, she was smoking follow. a huge cigar. I was like, help <laughs> us out. Don't help people, kid. <laughs> you just sounded like medicine wasn't your passion at yeah, all. And I was yeah. like, why would you be a doctor if you don't? I was like, being a doctor is really hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have to like, you have to like it. You know what? That was the moment where I realized that being a doctor was going to be really hard. <laughs> and You're it was also in that such moment. a star. You're such a star. Yeah, I think oh. that's also like you were just so distinct and. Your voice has always been so distinct. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, huh. Doctor doesn't really. No. You, I mean, you'd be I mean, the funniest doctor. Yeah, you'd be the oh, well. best, best singer. Oh, thank That's you, That's a doctor. Um, no, but that, that, no, for real though, real talk, that was actually probably like one of the first moments where like someone was saying to me like well maybe that's not the right thing to pursue and wow you know, did you know. ch- did you change majors i didn't change majors no rachel i had a full mm. depression era uh, personal depression i shouldn't i shouldn't pair those words together <laughs> depression era um, that's great it was the 1940s <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> yeah uh it was after college like i didn't realize like i remember being at graduation at yankee stadium and yeah. matt was fucking on the field singing with all his I reality, was with show reality show so i sang learn to love and live on the field uh and i, just, <laughs> and I remember feeling sad in that moment oh i was like God. i don't want to do, do this. this thing where I'm going to go to med school. And so I like pulled out all my, my applications and then just oh, like wow. didn't follow through and then spent like the year after that, the intervening year between college and doing pop roulette and like doing comedy shows, like temping and trying to survive and like all of that. You and really I, made the right decision. I think so. I took the yeah. bow into yeah. Vapiano uh-huh. on <laughs> university and I was like, please be in pop roulette. <laughs> I was like, grace us with your, because he, he begged me. Yeah, he he, I get her, I'd heard through the grapevine that you were thinking about moving back home. And I was like, that's not acceptable. And we had been talking in Pop Roulette about like, because we, how much we loved you and how much we wanted you to be on. Yeah. Anyway, this is anyway, a little, getting a little is, too when, inside when, baseball. When, but, no, when did you, when did you come out? Um, again, it was middle of sophomore year. It was the weekend before the groups went to Skidmore our sophomore year. I didn't I'm go. Sorry, I'm sorry, tapping was... on the table. Right. Cause... Wait, were you a year I was a freshman when you were, when you were a senior. 2012, okay, got I it. graduated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so anyway, and then that was, and then I remember screaming to Neil Casey at the after party. Oh, this is the best story ever. I was fucking at The after party of, 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 of Skidmore. Uh huh. Where Bowen came out at Skidmore, screamed and, in Neil Casey's face. <laughs> I'm a big old fan. Oh my God. <laughs> and he's like, that's great, man. That's fantastic. And Neil was like, great. Cool. <laughs> like Neil was so cool about it and I was fucking And hammered. I stormed over and I was like, What? <laughs> that was yeah, that was a fun uh, night. Anyway. So great. Wait, Rachel, speaking of fun nights. Sure. Matt yes. and I secretly want okay, but first Matt, you, you go. Oh my gosh. Right, what here's what this? here's what I think the Golden Globes is like. Okay. Oh right. <laughs> Let's get into it. Well, you wake up in the morning and your eyes open and you say, This is the day. And someone hands you a mimosa. <laughs> And so then they say, it's time. And you get in the chair, and of course you get your glam squad. Mm-hmm. Now, I would get beat to the gods. Yeah. And I've already thought about if I ever go to the Golden Globes, what I would wear. Here we go. I would wear a canary yellow tuxedo top. Brings out the olive tones. And the black mm. pants, because I would be positive that I wouldn't win, right? Wink, wink. <laughs> 
So then, um, when, um, when the camera cuts to me for when I'm nominated, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just do the kind of face of like, <laughs> right? You can't see, but he's, it's like he's, um, come on. A little. It's he, like he's 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 someone just uh, he's in a business meeting and someone just like pitched that they all go home early. Yeah, come on, really? Well, that's <laughs> yeah. never gonna happen. Like that's that's his like, face. Ugh, there's no way. By the way, I should backtrack. So I get all glammed up. Yeah, I'm literally contoured like Kim Kardashian. Okay. Oh, you you'd get like I show up now I when look... you're saying like you get done. Like, did you, are you gonna get work like Botox before this? Or are no, you just no, contoured? no. I would never. Just like you know, like, <laughs> okay. like just like a full face of sure, makeup. Sure. Like uh-huh. I look uh-huh. like kimchi yeah yeah so i i i step out of the limousine and immediately leonardo dicaprio is hitting on me <laughs> it's just like get out of here leave me alone i'm with my friends i bring bowen to the ceremony mm-hmm. plus one and my plus one he'll be nominated next year right same category i'm your busy phillips you're my michelle busy phillips williams. to my michelle no actually i'm busy in your no michelle. you're not I did michelle going. williams take busy phillips every every year, award show she goes every to. award show it's always michelle williams and busy is always right oh, there and that's I, why i keep seeing billy busy phillips places yes i didn't connect <laughs> yes. to okay busy phillips is always where michelle williams is that's so funny at the award shows their dates always so anyway i i win and it's like this incredibly shocked moment and then the rest of the night is just a blur even in my retelling of it right now, yeah, what I think blur. it is, it's uh-huh. a blur. Yeah. So I do want to know, can you just walk us through what that is? What What is it like to go to the Golden Globes? Sure. So, Here we go. well, I'll tell you what I did this year was, because um, I went to a, okay. So the first year I was nominated, we were invited to this fancy schmancy fashion party at the Chateau Marmont the night before. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is going to be amazing. I'm nominated. <laughs> yes. And sure enough, like I get out of the car. Someone immediately takes my picture. I'm like, this is great. And my husband and I go up. <laughs> no one gives a shit. Oh. No one gives a fucking shit. <laughs> the Chateau is crowded. By the way, I, I have to say like these parties that are thrown at the Chateau Marmont, which is like, it's a tiny space. It, mm-hmm. There are a lot of bodies. I I moderated an event uh, for like this nonprofit at the Chateau. And there was at one point a little girl was on stage playing guitar and I literally people were outside talking and I literally went, hey, oh my God, I went, put down the cocaine and shut the fuck up out there. A girl is playing guitar. And it was great. You oh my God. Goddess. Thank you. Okay. It was great. So, so we went to the Chateau. We ended up just being the only people eating the food, which is great. <laughs> When you're at like a party in LA, there's no line for the food. Amazing. Yeah. It was great. And so the night before we're like housing food. So so then come this year, I get invited to like a ton of events uh-huh. the night before the Golden Globes. And then I get an email from my friend saying, and it's half a bit saying, Hey guys, the Pomona Reptile Show's in town. Do you want to go? And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Oh my god. Because I was like, I'm nominated for a Golden Globe. I I'm not gonna like get more nominated for a Golden Globe right. going to these events. I'm right. already gonna be on TV. I'm going to the reptile show. Wow. Yeah. And so by that point that day I'd already had my nails done because this year to the Globes I went with um nail art of all of the cast members' faces. Oh on my, nails. my god. And so I'm at the reptile show and I'm holding geckos with my fancy <laughs> nails and just like falling in love with tortoises. Oh. And and then after we went out for Chinese food, because we went to Monterey Park for Chinese food, because that's where mm-hmm. all the good Chinese food is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and then 
so like I just because I just knew I was like I all these pre events like I'm already nominated for the big thing which is the Golden Globe I want to meet some lizards yeah <laughs> so oh my god so the thing that I I want to say the last the two years ago I got like a facial but like honestly I don't have to, like I I go to the Globes kind of in the middle of filming or like I had just come back from vacation this year so mm. all right you wake up mm-hmm. your eyes fly open and you're oh like. God. Today's the day. Yeah. Ah. No one hands you a mimosa. I guess you can hire someone to do that. Uh, you take I a shower. Will. You eat normally. I mean, to be yeah. honest, my days have been pretty normal. Like glam, they call it glam, yeah. which right. is hair and glam makeup. Glam squad. Glam squad comes a couple hours before <laughs> and you sit in a chair uh-huh. and they... Um, put the things on you. Yep. Here's the thing is, I'm not one to like blast music while getting hair and makeup. I yeah. like taking the quiet time. So when I get sure. hair and makeup on, I meditate. Great. Oh, wow. Um, but, oh, what we have to know is both years, I got a, a dress custom made for me by Christian Siriano. Ooh. Christian. Thank you, Christian. Love He's him. great. So, so I did fittings before that, uh-huh. yeah. which feels glamorous. Yes. But you're also like in a fittings uh-huh. And there isn't like music playing. I mean, I right, could play right. music. I guess in all of these scenarios, I could be playing music, and it would make it feel more like Track you're more like a pretty woman right, moment. Right. But but the hair and makeup, it's it's beautiful. And then you here's the thing: is like you get to the Globes, and it's just so unironically glamorous. It really yeah, is. Right, and the right. red carpet shit is is really it's really crazy. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a skill to learn how yeah. to be on it because there's mm. people shouting your name. And you actually have to turn around and kind of stretch out your face because you're smiling so much. You're, you start to like twitch. Okay. And. Oh my God. You don't even think about this shit. <laughs> and well, the first time I did it, I was so confused. Yeah. Sure. No one told me what to do. And so I thought I literally, everyone who shouted my name, I thought I had to just look at them. And so I spent all this time looking at each individual camera and then someone was like, no, you just look in the general direction and you do whatever the fuck you want. There you yeah. Go. Um. Wow, wow, so wow. that's like a chaotic moment. Yeah. And then it's really cool. And then, but then like you're waiting in line for the red carpet. Yeah. And there's oh. like waiting in line and everyone just like waits in line. Oh, yeah. weird. Okay. And so then you go in and you sit down and it, does everyone actually get drunk? Um, I. You kept it together. Did you this did. year. I got, I got a little drunk this year. The first year I didn't. Because I was so were, nervous. You were nervous. And then right. I won and I didn't have time to drink. But this year, like, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to win. And then when I didn't, I was just like, time to get plastered. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the first year when you're there, like, do, yeah. did you think, like, I think I might win? Uh, Two days before Rolling Stone came out, with, came out with their predictions and they predicted me. And yeah. that's when my writing partner, Aline, was like, babe, you might win. Yeah. Wow. And so I, I wrote gonna, a speech. Uh, yeah. I was positive. I mean, getting to the Globes the first year was crazy because I step out. It's so glam. I'm overwhelmed with how glamorous it is. You know, they hand you champagne. You're doing uh-huh. all this red carpet stuff. You're doing E. You're doing Entertainment Tonight. And like you're next to all these celebrities who are like finishing up their interviews. Uh-huh. And I just remember them being like, now you're this year's it girl or whatever. And, oh and I was gosh. like, yeah, I, uh, I guess. I guess. <laughs> and, and then, you know, you win the Globe and then immediately you're whisked off to press. Right. And so there's a video online of my press conference, but you have, you've just won a Golden Globe. God. And suddenly you're doing a press conference. And luckily my press conference, 
I talked about diversity and then Israel. So, <laughs> so when Hot they call button. they call your name and that's a ridiculous experience. It was overwhelming. Oh and I, when, I was like maybe expecting it. And then when they said it, I was like, oh my God, holy. And I just, my husband screamed like someone had died. <laughs> I, I, and then I had memorized my speech because like I wrote it, I had written it up. And so that's why like I had sp- I think in the moment I spoke so fast, I wanted to make sure to get everyone's name in. But of oh. course, I forgot to thank the Hollywood Foreign Press. HFPA. You yeah. did great. Thanks. That speech was fucking great. It, it was. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. And then the rest yeah. of the night, I just like walked around holding the Golden Globe, which is heavy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I am not fit. <laughs> um, that speech was when great. you're up there, though. Yeah. Do you clock? I guess was Meryl Streep there that year? Do you clock the celebs in front of you? Because you're looking at them. No, I was just kind of looking out into the crowd. General direction. Yeah. You know what it, you know what it was? I went into stand-up bit mode. Oh, Because yeah. yeah. the thing is, when you're up there... You want to do a bit because it's safe. Well, you well, it also just feels like you're doing a, a big show, like a big right, stand-up show. Right. And so you kind of go into that mode and you don't realize, oh, no, I'm also on TV. Like, the, like <laughs> yeah, watching yeah. myself on TV after the fact was so weird. Yeah. Because I remember it being just like, you're in a... Not massive room right. with a group of people. Right. And you're like, okay, I got to play to the room. Yeah, a you're little bit. To the room yeah, and a not little bit. TV. Yes, yes. And you have that high from performing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it feels like. But yeah. I think what made that speech so great and so genuine and so earnest was you just screaming, oh my God! Like that. Yeah. Is what like sealed the deal. I don't know. I, 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 I don't just... know how anyone doesn't. Well, how do you give a composed speech? Right. I mean, I you must, maybe because you've done it a thousand times. Yeah, I mean, look, Jennifer Lawrence has like won an Oscar or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, you know, when people ask me, pe- people ask you, the the morning you get nominated is really nerve wracking because yeah. Yeah. they announce it at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. The night before, there's very few things in life where it's like, you will know at this particular time when a massive thing is about to happen. Right? Yeah. There just aren't things like that, especially in actual show business. You right. don't know when someone's going to call, if they're if you're going to get a part, if right. they'll ever call. But you're like, okay, at 5 a.m. tomorrow, I will know this. And the same yeah. thing with the Emmys, where it's like, at 7 a.m., I will know this. And it's fucking nerve-wracking. Yeah. Your adrenaline's so high, I couldn't sleep yeah, the night before the Emmys this year was bad. I, I could not sleep. Oh, um, God. It feels like the Emmys has, I guess, a little bit of a bias towards shows on maybe the CW. Like, the Emmys doesn't... Like, no, the Emmys is 18,000 people. Yeah. So it's it's whatever mm. the most kind of, I, I think... And not saying that stuff doesn't deserve it, but, like, it is more known stuff. Yeah, sure. of course. Because it's... Eight, the Hollywood Foreign Press is 90 people. The Emmys are 18,000. Mm, that's... Yeah. Well, there you go. So... Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, no, it's like well, that moment of like knowing the time. It's sort of like sort of like theater camp or high school. It's like when the cast list goes up. That's like, yeah. exact. That's exactly what it feels like. That's it that. feels like the cast list is going up. Yep. And so the the morning I got nominated for the Globe felt like I won because that yeah. was just yeah. no one saw it coming, and I kind of did because I felt good about the press conference uh-huh, that I did, uh-huh, but uh-huh. I didn't know. And so when that happened, I was. I mean, hearing it was. Uh, it was Dennis Quaid. Oh wow. Yeah, that's wild. Our, our friend Jack's dad. Yeah, yeah. And like, oh my God. I was the first one because of my name alphabetically. And then this year was Don Cheadle. And that was, that felt like I won. Wow. Hearing my name, I was like, I'm... From Don Cheadle. Flo- uh, uh, or, or just, from Quaid. Because <laughs> the amazing Don Cheadle, yeah. Because of the... No, but yeah. that was huge. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was... And then, unlike this year, we were done filming, but... 
the first year I was in the middle of filming. Yeah. And so I had to film later that day. Oh my oh, God. Wow. And everyone gets you drunk because they're handing you champagne. Right. I remember you posting about that or something. I remember, yeah. Like, yeah. You were still shooting. Oh man, I really want to bring you to the Golden Globes now and you're canary <laughs> soon. And I'm just going to like literally step out and Leo's going to be like, hey. Wait, I just want to really quickly describe. Because I do describe... know someone that went to the Golden oh Globes and he hit on her. Ooh. She oh, was Miss girl. Golden Globe a couple of years ago. Oh, Quickly, Jamie Foxx's to... daughter? <laughs> mm, close. I'm just going to say it. Sosie Bacon. Sosie Bacon. Kev- Kevin Bacon. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's always the child of a celebrity, which I'm yeah, confused apparently about. Apparently, sure. he he's like, hey, that's trouble when she told him how old he was. <laughs> she was? How old should was not she? have said how that. I might discuss this with three. Young. But, you know, whatever. He's, um, he's Leo DiCaprio. I just want to, can I quickly describe my, my Golden Globes day? It's yeah. super short. Yes. Sorry, what I feel is like it? mine was anticlimactic. Okay. No, no, no. That was because amazing. I can't, I, I can't believe that it. That was the first-hand account, primary source. Um, I wake up, I put on a sheet <laughs> mask, I yeah. let it sit on my face, yeah. I'll put on, like, my electric blue suit, I'll walk out, I'll forget my sheet mask is still on. I'll bring a huge vat of cuticle oil with me mm. and just like dip my hands in it in the limo and then I'll just pull it out. And then I want to do, this is like a, this is like kind of an Amy Schumer crawling on the red carpet kind of moment, but I want to do a red carpet with a sheet mask on my fucking face. That's that funny. Be great. There you go. That's great. So that's, that's I feel my like globe my day. fear would be, cause that's the one where you can drink. I would be the I one get that hammered. gets drunk. Yep. 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 Because knowing my history, it's like I, I was the one that was drunk at every Sweet Sixteen. Like, <laughs> wow. I, 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 like, yeah, it happens. But it's okay if you get drunk. Here's the thing: <laughs> the idea, the idea. You know, there's so much composure. Like, oh, yeah. You know, they ask you on the. They asked me the first year I was nominated. They were like, "So, what were you doing this morning?" And a lot of people are like, "Oh my god, I didn't even know. I got, I got a phone call from my agent, <laughs> mm-hmm. or I was at the gym." And it's like, "Fuck you!" Uh, no, I was up, up watching the broadcast. <laughs> yeah. The like the idea. Oh, I'm just gonna play it cool. I no. do it for the art, guys. <laughs> no. This is a, a show where you're getting a hunk of metal for saying things. Like, it's it's all it's an enter it's it's entertainment. Yeah. We actually ran into Alina and I went to the. Vanity Fair Oscar party and we ran into one of the producers of the Oscars and they felt bad about the whole La La Land Moonlight and here's what I and what I said was and this is so like my dad I became my dad but I was like hey this is a television show yeah great TV it's great TV it's great entertainment it sucks and it's weird but at the end of the day it's 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 a it's a it's a show about entertainment Mm. yeah and so the idea that like oh I better not get too drunk it might not be (laughs) civilized yeah it's, it's like uh, let's look the at the Oscars cares? you know where the Oscars even come from I read about this uh, I'm gonna butcher this but basically Louis B. Mayer in the mm, 20s 30s uh, wanted to hire people who worked construction on his movies to build his house and people refused because they were like we're in the union we're not just gonna build you a house uh-huh. and the union started to get stronger with the Teamsters and they were afraid that the actors and directors were going to unionize. And they said, well, let's distract everyone. Let's have an award show. Oh, my God. Let's, we'll start a thing. We'll call it, mm, what's something fancy? The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. <laughs> the Oscars were founded to distract people from unionizing. By Teamsters? But, no, no, no. Just like, oh, just like just, uh, by, oh, by the studio heads. That's sure. crazy. But like it's sparked by these Teamsters unionizing. But you know what? You, if you really think about it, of course it was. Uh, there, there could like the yeah. yeah. It's an industry giving. Here's the thing: is the the critics giving awards is interesting because 
and maybe I'm biased because I've won <laughs> no, a couple. Because you are critically acclaimed. Well, yes, but also if there's anyone who and the Hollywood Foreign Press does watch a lot, but but if there are people who really watch everything, mm-hmm. it's critics. Yep. Yep. The idea of like a because the Television Academy is just everyone who's in the industry. Yeah. It's interesting. It's fascinating. So this is why the TCA is a gag. Come on. Because they give one person the award for drama and one person the award for comedy. Yeah. And, and they gave you yeah. the award for comedy. And that is big. And they don't make mistakes. They, they, they always give it to someone who's super deserving. It was you and Sarah Paulson for yeah. People VOJ. To give you a fucking idea. It was, it was, a, really, it was really amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was... Really cool. Yeah, that night was really cool. That's just I always watch the Critics Choice Awards and and like I always like clock when I see who they've given that Uh award to and I always make sure to seek that out. And of course, I had already been watching Crazy X, but I was just like it. It it was it's just incredible. And I want to give a shout out to watch you on screen in a show that you created. That's your brainchild, and also know that my pal Sono Patel writes for your show, and I went to. School to learn how to write with her, and she's amazing. She's fantastic. The and second I, Aline read her script, she's like, "This, I want this person. This person's brilliant." <gasps> wow, I'm so proud of her. Oh my yeah. god, and I, I don't because I, I'm in New York now, still, and she's in LA, obviously doing her thing. I don't see her enough, but it's crazy because Billy Domino, uh huh, and me, and Sono, and my friend Alice Roth, who's a writer producer in New York now. Alice, we all went to. We were in like every class together and uh. then to see them go on to this great success, it's just, it's so wild. It makes you think, I said to this when, when you started to really take off and when my friend Sudi got hired by SNL, I was like, you know, I said to you, yeah. I was like, you know, this community that you, we had a feeling was special really was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that was very emotional for me. I was like, I just was, it's just so great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, Rachel, we love you. So surreal. Much. Surreal. Yeah, so surreal. Should we move on to I don't think so? I think it's time. Oh, yeah. And I, I want you to give me something to rant about. I okay. think that's Okay. Fun. I'll dig into the troll bowl for you then. So, guys. Um, oh, wait. Can I say one more thing? Yes, please. So, I'm making my network television debut. What? What? On, oh, my God. Ap- wait. On yes. Ap- on 420, <laughs> April 20th. I will be a contestant on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. What? Chris Harrison. You're not going to fucking believe this, Rachel. Whoa. I shot this back in August. I went on a fucking whim. I went after work one day. Still, I'm waiting tables. I get an email from like UCB or The Pit or whatever. Like, hey, they're casting for contestants for Millionaire. And I'm like, you know what? I I knew all these people. Kristen Bartlett. Yeah. John Bander. Chris Duffy. Duffy, uh, Kevin McLean, all these people who had been on fucking Millionaire. And I'm like, how are they getting this? I guess they want like personalities, yeah. right? So, of course, they reach out to the comedy theaters. I get this email that's like, we're going to be auditioning for contestants for Millionaire. I'm like, my one friend won 100K on it. Oh I was my like, God. I'm definitely going. Uh-huh. So I go down there. I like pass the test, get interviewed by the producer. I guess they like me enough. Pass me on. Do this like fake screen test. Pass me on. Finally, I get an email. You're going. You're going to be a contestant. Oh my god! So I shot it in August. I can't say anything about how it went. But can we mention we, that we, I, I was going to be your your so phone a friend? You get a phone a friend. Uh, but it, now it's not phone a friend. It's you can bring a friend in the audience. Oh. So I said to because Bowen is very much the other half of my brain. Like I'm yeah. very like you know like what is it right brain? No, you don't want to. You don't want to bring that. 
you don't want to bring someone who's the other half of your brain because it's going to tell you what you already know. Ah. Well, the thing, the thing is, like, the reason I wanted I just Bowen, referred to you as it somehow. <laughs> it, thank you. It will tell you. This thing I'm here yeah. is very scientifically, <laughs> mathematically minded, and also Bowen is genuinely the smartest person no, that no, I no, know. No, no. no, you really are. Anyway. And so anyway, he couldn't go, so I chose the second smartest person I know, Sudi Green. <laughs> oh. So she comes with me to Vegas. We go. Oh, my God. Let's just say... You're going to want to tune in on 420 fucking days of all days. And it's going to be a wild episode. I wish you were in LA because we would all have a little screening party. I am going to be in LA. (gasps) Let's have a screening party. I'll be in town. Wait, on 420? Maybe we should do it. We had plans to go to Disneyland that day. Um, But but I feel like we got to have a screening party. We got to have a screening party. You know what? I volunteer my house. Oh my God, I would love. Nuts, we'll nuts, do it nuts. at my house. Okay, 420. 420. <laughs> uh, I'll, check, oh wait, I'll double check my schedule. I get back the 16th and I think that's going to work. Oh my God. But I wanted gag. to say it now because this episode will come out, I think, then 12th. So you guys, and I'll say it again for the episode, we're going to have Miss Darcy Cardin. Darcy Cardin. Oh, um, on, on the next episode of Culture Reasons. We're so excited. And um, so I'll say it again on that episode, but you guys, 420, <laughs> Matt Rogers is on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and Matt you're going to want to tune in because there might be some good moments. You've kept this, kept things very close to the best because not even I know what happens in this wow. episode. Wow. And I'm very excited. Wait, I, me and Sudi know and I, Chris Harrison. I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty earnest about this. I will gladly... I'll, I'll host. I'll host the oh viewing party. All right, all right. This I have news. a really good. This will be good. It's <laughs> at noon. Whenever it airs it's, now, it's, it's daytime like, it's now. It's on like ABC at like noon. Oh, maybe okay. I might not so, be able to do so that. that. I thought it was a nighttime thing. See, the thing is, yeah, you think it's still like a prime time show, but now it's like it's like on every day at noon on ABC. I think it comes on after the View. There you go. So oh. all my all my fan base will be already watching ABC. Because of course my demographic is women who watch The View. <laughs> <laughs> like me. Remember when it was weekly and you had to like wait until the next week it to find out It was a television event. Huge. I remember when I fucking remember his name. I remember when John Carpenter won a million dollars. He was the first, first one guy. to win a million dollars. And the question was, how far away is the sun? Is the sun from the Earth? No, and he no, called the his guy, dad. No, 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 no. It was it was who was on uh, who was the first president to be on uh, network television. The answer was Nixon on Laughing. That was the really? one you won the million on. Well, okay. Well, then there was another episode, which was the answer was the the sun is 93 million miles away from the earth. You Oh, you remember that numeral. I remember it very huh. clearly. Wow. So maybe maybe we're, maybe both of us are one right. One of us is right. One, one of, of us, us is right. Wrong. Okay, so guys, who's right? Me or Golden Globe winner Rachel Bloom? <laughs> this is you very take, meta. Take your, take your sides. Multiple choice questions. Remember that I will go to trivia. the Golden Globes one day and I'll be wearing canary. So... Um, <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, you guys, I cannot wait to watch. I'm so excited. That's I also fun. think I possibly might look dumb. No. But, um, Don't spoil. But I'm, just, I'm not spoiling. I'm just saying I'm definitely on, and Sudi Green is my plus one. And Oh, my God. If you won a million dollars and you were keeping it like this close to the vest this whole time, yeah, I'm not a good secret keeper, so it's been very hard for me to not tell, especially wow. because I shot it a long time yeah. ago. You didn't tell anyone. And I didn't tell. Well, I, I did not tell anyone. Right, yeah. You, you haven't told wow. anyone anything. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. And I, that was hard. Have you noticed him fanning himself with money? <laughs> I've noticed yeah. him just I, like... I have a case full of money behind me. Calling people in Switzerland. I don't know. Yeah, he's been like... Changed. He's changed a little been bit. Been in touch with guys, my sorry, account. I cannot no. form sentences. Um, but you guys... Watch 420. Watch. Oh my god! Um, but yeah. yeah. So listen, uh, this next segment we have—it's the one you've 
all been fucking waiting for. Um, we had our live show, Lost Culture Recess. I don't think so, honey. Again, I want to say thank you guys so much for making it such a success. We're so excited about it. And oh we're, there's going to be, you should definitely stay tuned because I think we're going to be maybe doing another live show very soon. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my maybe God. even one in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. Maybe even one that features Rachel Bloom. We Hello. haven't talked to you about that yet, but oh. we'll probably try to get you. <laughs> you let me know when you're doing it. I heard you're doing the Story Pirates benefit. I am. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so fun. Are you a Story Pirate? No, but I just, I'm friends with a lot of Story Pirates. Yeah. yeah. Two right so, here. So, honestly, you got it. Are you guys I, both Story Pirates? We're yeah. both Story Pirates. I didn't know. God, I have so many friends in Story Pirates. It's the best. It's, it's, it's great. It's, for those of you who don't know, Story Pirates, amazing uh, collective of people we take stories that kids write, make them into shows, and there's going to be a benefit this year, one in LA, one in New York. They're in May, early to mid-May. Got to check it out. Yeah, I don't please. know these updates, but look it up, storyparts.org. And Rachel's going to perform. Um, but Ugh. you guys, I don't think so, honey. It's one minute to rail against culture, something that's really been bugging us, really been fucking us up, and we get take 60 seconds to really go for it. Mm, here we go. So, Bo and Yang, um, do you have something? I do. Okay. Here we go. Oh, are you ready? You're, you're keeping watch on time. I think okay. you're going to go first, and I got my eye on the time. Bowen Yang starts now. I don't think so, honey. People at Soul Psych who steal your umbrellas when it's a rainy fucking day. Ooh. I went yesterday morning for a Gaga versus Beyonce Soul Cycle themed ride. <laughs> I got my life. My endorphins are coursing through my fucking body. Ugh. And guess what? I walked to the front door, checked the bucket. What was not there? My $12 black umbrella from Muji that is durable and has lasted me months and months. I don't think so. Months and months. I don't think so, honey. People at SoulCycle who think that uh, it's appropriate that they're a rock star soul, a rock star athlete, warrior, whatever the fucking things on the posters say, <laughs> that they uh, they have the, that they have the right to steal people's umbrellas and people's protections from the elements? I don't think so, honey. You cannot take my umbrella when I am trying to just live my life in the city and walk to work down Spring Street, honey. I don't think so, honey. Ooh. I am just a soul warrior who needs Five his seconds. soul umbrella. And don't you dare fucking touch my my fucking parapluie. There's some French for you. I don't think so, honey. <laughs> That's one minute. <laughs> Bowen and passion. There you go. That's one you minute. had the fire in your that eyes, was great. bitch. Thank you. I'm um. You know what? That. That wasn't my strongest, but I really meant it. But you know what? I could tell, and I want to let everyone know listening at home that he meant it. I thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so don't you dare. Just don't. This happened to me at DCM last year. Someone stole my umbrella. Wow. Fuck, fuck you, DCM motherfuckers. <laughs> Just in The general. wokening my oh, ass. The wokening my ass. Oh, man. Oh, oh, we oh. talked about that with Monique. We talked about it last week. Oh, you did? I got to listen to that episode. It's fun. Um, okay, Matt Rogers, are you ready for I Don't Think So, honey? I'm ready. This is Matt Rogers. I Don't Think So, honey. Time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Lake Michigan. I went with my boyfriend Henry to visit his parents and bitch, I rolled up on Lake Michigan and you look like an ocean. Let me tell you something. If I'm seeing waves caress the sand, I better be looking at the Long Island Sound. You telling me you have fresh water and you still look like an ocean? Don't fuck with me. Also, you could never compete with an ocean because the ocean has much cooler marine life and they're much more dangerous. What's going to be in your lake? Some fucking fat ass seconds. fish. Guess what? In the ocean we have octopus. In the ocean we have seals. In the ocean we have whales. And what do you have? 
Not even sharks. Some of you have alligators. And not you, Lake Michigan, because guess what? All year, you're too fucking cold. When I see a big-ass body of water and I look out and I can't see the other side of the land, I better smell salt. And if I don't, I'm not gagged. Five seconds. Let me tell you something, Lake Michigan. Fuck you. I don't think so, honey. And that's in one minute. Wow. This is historic. Never before has there been an I don't think so, honey, against a body of water. That's That was that was fantastic. I Beautiful. was just with Matt Garing, and he says hi, by the way. Hi. Hi, Matt. And I was telling, he asked if I had ever been to Michigan, because I told him Henry was from Michigan, and uh-huh. I was like, yeah, and I tell you, I went to see Lake Michigan, and I was shocked because it looked like an ocean. It didn't look like a lake. <laughs> And because the waves, like the way that they appear on the land, I was just like very confused. And (laughs) so he was like, wow, that sounds like you're upset. And I was like, yeah, that's my I don't think so. Wow. That's that's fantastic. And I was going to do my I don't think so, honey, about straight men who come for big little lies. Oh, because I see you. I see you. Clocked the straight I see you saying you don't like Renata. I don't give a fuck if you don't like Renata. I don't like any character on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I put up with your shit. Well, anyway, coming for all the. I need to watch it. I'm horrible. I gotta come for the straights. But wait, hold on. Before you do this, Big Little Lies finale has aired, you guys, and it was really amazing. And you gotta watch Big Little Lies. Okay. And Rachel, when you have a minute, I know. I know. Catch up. I know. I'm gonna do. I mean, you know what? I'm gonna do it while I'm here. You should. Great. All right. It's all on HBO. All right. So, Rachel, I, I'm Blooms. not particularly angry at anything right now, which is weird for me. I'm just. I think I'm too tired because I okay. flew in today. So I want you to give me a topic to rant about, and I will instantly okay. get angry at it for you. So you guys, I'm digging into the Troll Bowl. Mm-hmm. Which is for, a new introduction for in Rachel the Bloom. Live show. And I have to give credit to Anna Dresden, who came up with the idea for the Troll Bowl. Um, yep. But here we go. I'm just digging through. Okay, I got it. All right. I have a good one. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't really know if I should do this because she's Wait, another public I, figure. So I don't know if I should do this. I, I was going to say Mariska Hargitay, but I don't want you to go, come no, for no, Mariska no, Hargitay. I, mean, I don't know much about Mariska Hargitay. Okay, so Rachel <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You're, I don't think so, honey. Yeah. All right, let me just get the timer set up. No. This is going to be good. <laughs> Your Rachel, Rachel Bloom's I don't think so, honey is kindergarten. <laughs> go! I don't think so, honey kindergarten what are you are you a grade or are you preschool i thought i was done with this nebulous grading shit in preschool i thought that's what i went to fucking montessori for when i go to an elementary school i want to be given a grade kindergarten also what's with the german name i'm jewish what are we a bunch of fucking nazis kindergarten why don't you just call it like child time i would much rather go i don't think so honey i'm 30 seconds i don't think so honey I don't go to an elementary school to be eating bratwurst and drinking a rottler, which is what Germans do when they mix beer and sparkling lemonade. I want to eat. I want to eat American food at my child time. Fifteen seconds, and preferably call it grade zero if you're gonna like not number it. And also, it's not a garden. What? what Five seconds. Ch- child garden. I child time. I don't think so, honey. Oh, yes, that's one that's minute. One minute. Also, oh, oh my god, epic. Epic. And I never realized kindergarten is a German word. Yeah, kinder. Kinder. I live in America. <laughs> yes, I mean, come on, let's start my the change.org petition. My family's fled Europe. Oh. If I wanted kindergarten, <laughs> I, I would have stayed. There you go. Honestly, wait, speaking of change.org, I started one as a joke and it became a thing. What it's was a thing. your change? 
Don't let the Donald Trump animatronic in Disney World speak oh, at the Hall I, of Presidents. I heard this one. <laughs> did you? Did it catch steam? Pick up it steam? has like 15,000 signatures, That's which fantastic. is like not nearly enough to change anything. And that animatronic will speak. But I felt good <sighs> that enough people were like on my side about it. Of course. But can you fucking believe that, that thing no, is going disgu- to talk? It's disgusting. It's fully gross. Terrible. But let's start the change.org petition now. Change kindergarten to child time. Child time. It's just child time. Kids can understand what it means. Child time. Child time. <laughs> child time. Oh. And I think there should be more singing. I think it should be more melodic. Child time. Yeah. It's child time. Yeah. It's child time. Time to be a child. It's to the, it's to the uh, tune of It's Quiet Uptown. It's, quiet uptown. it's child time. There are moments that the. That the toys don't reach. There's a nap time impossible to bear. (laughs) You put your coat up on a hook. And then you you do some fucking bullshit. (laughs) Um, Listen, guys. You can barely ever read. (laughs) Yes, you can barely ever read. You can barely ever read. I'm so tired. (laughs) You guys, I feel like I could talk to you forever. I, I honestly... Rachel is the fucking best. And if you're not watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you guys, I mean, you. I gotta fuck say, you. <laughs> what's the overlap of people listening to this podcast and not watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? And you know, you know what? what? I don't too know. Much. That 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 compliments my show too much. I don't know who's, I don't know what our, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. well, okay. So have you started season three? We've writing started it, working on it. Kind of. Aline and I have started writing it ourselves, mm-hmm. like before the room. You mentioned on your Facebook Live a couple of days ago that you guys had written the first song of season yes. three, which is very exciting. I yes. can't wait to find out what it is. <gasps> I can't wait to find out what the theme song is. <gasps> oh my god! Oh, is there going to be a whole three? new theme song? Of course. Yes. Oh my god! Wow! I can't, I can't wait. And you I'm know really it's going to be balls to the wall bonkers with how Rebecca is now. Um, that's so exciting. You don't know what your target demo is. No, I don't know what the target demos. I just oh, don't sure. know like it's overlapping it's like <laughs> people who listen to this podcast. Like I don't, I don't know like the, ran- sure, the sure, random sure. person on the street. You know what? Right. If you listen to this podcast and you don't watch Crazy Ass Girlfriend, don't you dare fucking listen to another episode. Of this. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Remove your Unsubscribe, review from iTunes. Get out. We don't want you. We don't want you. Remove your review. Remove your review, honey. We are growing. Uh, we're we're fucking moving on from you. Also, I want to end this with one thought. It's fascinating to watch Big Little Lies and Feud at the same time. There you go. I was going to mention something about Feud being a show about entertainment, which is what we touched on You know earlier. what? I, that's what I, I want to watch both of them. You should watch Please. both of them because let me tell you, it actually is fascinating to watch them both because we have Big Little Lies, which is this like, you know, just like, I think, crowning achievement of television right now, which is giving all these like incredible women these incredible parts. And then to watch Feud and a central topic of the show is like, there are no roles for us. Mm. We must make this work. Mm. And to watch them like companion pieces. And so they are companion That's pieces really in a way because, you know, Feud discusses that topic so much. And then they're so all the actresses are so amazing and they're all going to be competing at the same category at the, at the Emmys. And you it. go online and it's like, no, she's better. No, she's better. Thank and God, I'm like, by the way, guys, I am, I, this is redundant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, it's like. Oh my God, Nicole and Reese are both so amazing. I love Big Little Lies. I, Big Little Lies. I love female friendship. Yeah. Now, who should win the Emmy? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> irony. It's like it's Ray. so crazy. There's this movie um with Kevin Klein called In and Out for many years ago. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it in many years, so I'm not sure if it's offensive. Here we go. I watched it about a year ago, and it's not. Oh, okay, great. There's a line from it. Uh, it's what Christian. Who plays uh who plays um, Cameron Drake? Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Mm. Matt Dillon plays Cameron Drake. He's at the Oscars and they go, What do you think of the Oscars? And he goes, I think it's wrong. The actors be forced to compete against each other like dogs. 
And they go, so why are you here? In case I win. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. It's, that movie is it, great. It's a great movie, right? You know what movie is homophobic looking back? Oh, no. Miss Congeniality. <laughs> With Michael Caine's character. Michael Caine is like, his cult character is oh. like, I'm gay. And ben, like Benjamin Bratz's whole character is like, dude, I'm not gay. There you go. Oh, it doesn't wow. hold up, but Sandra Bullock does hold up in it. Sandra Bullock Queen. Pratt that, Balls. That movie's great, although they did steal a line from A League of Their Own. Eyebrows, <gasps> there should be two. <gasps> Michael Caine goes, eyebrows, that should be two. And that is a line from A League of Their Own in the finishing school scene. Oh. And I, you know what? If you listen to this podcast and you like <laughs> Miss Congeniality, we don't want you. We don't want you. <laughs> Take your review off iTunes. But, if, but League of Their Own is the truth. There you go. Uh, my husband and I watched that movie a couple months ago and we, in the Marla scene, wept. Uh, we both wept. When and And I'm not, I used to be a crier when I was depressed. And now I'm on Prozac, so I don't cry as much. Um, and I wept. Wow. Honestly, that movie makes me cry. And this is a little known movie. And we should wrap up. But this, we're going to wrap up with this. The three movies that make us cry. Oh, and that's cool. oh. We're wrap us up. Okay. All right. It's a film called Heart and Souls mm-hmm. with Robert Downey Jr. and Kira Sedgwick. Okay. And Alfre Woodard. Alfre. Queen. Queen Alfre. And <laughs> it's about... Four people who die in a bus accident and oh. become souls in the 50s. And they get attached to Robert Downey Jr. when he's a baby. And they become his guardian angels. And they have to leave him when he's a child because they realize he's, they're distracting him. But then they they are involved when he gets... He becomes like an obnoxious adult. And they realize that they can only move on to their afterlife when he helps them fulfill their unfinished business. Uh-huh. But he's also got a lot of problems. It's a wonderful movie. It's really kind of cheesy and campy, but let me tell you, it will make you weep. Queen Alfrey Woodard. <laughs> Rule number 172 of culture. Queen, Queen Alfrey Woodard. Amazing. Bowen. Ooh, a top of mind. And I've just been coming up with these basic answers on the last few episodes, like with these kinds of questions. Like Finding Nemo gets me every time. I'm sorry. Huh. It does. It really, truly does. Especially when like he leaves Dory. Again, basic, but I'm owning up to it and it and gets thank me you every for time. That. Of course. Thank you you must. That. You simply must. Rachel? Movie oh, that makes do, you cry. Oh, oh, movie. You know what I... Well, I haven't seen it in years, but you know what movie made me bawl my eyes out? What? The Adam Sandler movie Click. <gasps> oh, I've never seen it. I heard it's about this. Actually, being actually sad. it snuck up on me and I bawled my eyes out. But I want to add a secondary addendum, mm-hmm. which is a redundancy. <laughs> a thing that always makes me cry uh, is um, it's not a movie, it's the episode of Futurama about Fry's dog. Yes. <gasps> People oh talk God. about that. And it's so good. That dog looks like my dog. Oh. And like, Literally just thinking about it. Oh my like, god, oh my god, Rachel. I get You weepy. truly just had a moment. Like the I this dog oh my god, this dog waited for him and yeah. the den and literally the spoiler alert, the episode ends with Fry's dog back in the year two thousand, just like it turns out the dog waited for him every single day. Oh my god. And then one day the dog just like lays down and closes his eyes. It's, and then the episode it's you nuts. don't expect it's, that from Futurama. Wait, Rachel's covering her, her face. Oh my I'm, god! I I'm not a crier, but if you talk if you if you talk about dead dogs, uh, I know I that's, can't that's handle it. dead dog shit. Oh. Don't see Marley and me. I've actually never seen Marley and me. Avoid it. 
Yeah, here's, I have a dog, and it's my fir- she's my first dog. Avoid it. Was this the one that you took in that one time? No, because I remember one time you took in a dog, and you like wrote something on Facebook. You're like, hey, guys. We found a dog. You found a dog. And then we found the owners that oh, night. Oh, good, good, good. Um, no, but but my dog is a rescue, and she's like seven and a half now. And mm. and my writing partner very expressly like grew up with dogs and was like, I don't have dogs of my own because I can't deal with when they get like old yeah. and die. Yeah. And I'm like, well, my dog will never die. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, do you follow old friend sanctuary on Facebook? No, fuck oh, you. What is that? It's it's, it's a senior dog. <laughs> oh sanctuary. no, no. But they're so happy and they're, <gasps> and they're having a good time oh. and they're just hanging out with each other. Oh. It's gonna make you cry. Oh, hundred percent. Old, old friends. friends and they're all so sweet. Guys, um, <gasps> I want you all to shut your eyes <laughs> and um. I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lost Culture Reasons. And I want to thank Rachel Bloom thank you, Rachel. for Burr. being on our show. <laughs> and she's a dog that's dying. <laughs> um, guys, my name is Matt Rogers. My name's Yang. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. We love you. Bye. <laughs> Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly burst. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort. And creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanique, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.